Okay. First off, salutations to everybody. This is Jake with Radio Underland coming to you hot overlooking the beautiful lake of Big Bear in Southern California. And I'll tell you what, man, This I have not seen this lake with that much water in in a very, very long time. Yep, it's taking a little wind down. Uh, you know, I was in the, uh, in the technical position of uh, putting Christ down about five times this last weekend and raising him from the dead. So, you know, I'm a little worn out, all that stone rolling and stuff. Uh, anyways, happy Easter to those of you that celebrated Easter. Um, but, okay, so there's this story, right? And I kept seeing all these headlines on Twitter and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, what, what, what? This woman did what? This is insane. Well, the story is a tad different than what the headlines were screaming. What it is is there's a 68-year-old actress from Spain. Her name is Anna... Uh, oh, oh, uh, I, I can't say this last name. It's Anna... Obregon, Obregon. Okay, she's 68 years old, and the headlines that keep flashing around is that this lady, uh, pretty much, uh, her son died, and she had her son's daughter uh, by whatever means necessary. But okay, it's a little different than that. Okay, so first off, everybody was shocked that this Spanish actress, who's 68 years old, is having a kid. But it's not her having a kid. She actually, what happened was in Spain, this is all illegal. But in the United States, this is just par for the course. Uh, so she had her son before he died of cancer at 27 years old, come to the United States and froze his sperm in New York. And they go out and they rented a, you know, a surrogate mother of Cuban, Cuban descent. And she paid this woman to have her granddaughter. So the, the headlines are a little misleading. It's still kind of weird. You know, I, is that okay? I don't know. I mean, I was led to believe when I saw this. I thought, man, she was 68 years old. I mean, you can't even have a baby at that age. Well, she did it. She did it. That's just the idiot story going around. They had a surrogate mother. So the, she's claiming that this girl's not my daughter. She is my granddaughter. Anna Obregon told Ola Magazine in an interview in Miami, having a baby with your child is illegal in Spain. So he went to the U.S. But adopting a child born abroad is lawful, according to a BBC report. Obregon's son, Alice Lakio, died of cancer at 27 years old. So he decided to bring a child of his own into the world, she said, adding that it was his final wish. And I see, I was having a lot of fun with that final wish. I, I thought for sure, I thought for sure his final wish was to have his uh, mom carry his daughter slash mom's granddaughter. But, you know, the story's not as interesting as I thought it was. Is there anything wrong with that? Is that a little over the top? That a, that a grandmother would pay somebody to have a surrogate grandchild? I don't know, but that's what happened. Spanish actress. There you go. Well, on to other news. And this is something that I'm expecting to kind of start to see a lot more of. And who this is regarding is Anna Kasparian. Uh, Anna Kasparian, she is one of the co-hosts of the Young Turks, and she's noted as a progressive uh, political and you know news commentator. Uh, I see in this article, they're listening, listening to her as a liberal or leftist commentator, but I don't think she is. I don't watch it enough to really know. But either way, Anna Kasparian, she got in trouble and she is definitely standing her ground. She's not apologizing, which a lot of people, which is this is what I think a lot of people should do when they're faced with these uh, woke call outs. Right. You got to stand your ground. Don't apologize. The second you start apologizing and uh, uh, groveling to the woke mob, you've just totally sunk your ship. But anyway, she's standing her ground after facing backlash from liberals for stating this. This is what she stated, that women should not be called birthing persons or persons with uteruses. Uh, 
Kasparian, a media personality, was criticized by transgender activists and progressive journalists who accused her of adopting a right-wing stance after she called transgender-inclusive language degrading to women last month. She took to Twitter on Monday to laugh off the backlash, backlash and reaffirm her position, stating that she will never apologize for it. Her exact tweet was, the meltdowns over wanting to be... Hold on. She has some typos in her uh, uh, tweet. LOL. The meltdowns over wanting be referred... Yeah, that's not right. Anna, you need to do a little bit better job on your tweets. Uh, the meltdowns over wanting to be, as I correct it, wanting to be referred to as a woman rather than a birthing person is pretty wild. I'll never apologize for that, especially as a biological woman who has had a fucking lifetime of being told I'm less than I'm less than I'm a woman. No apologies. You know, I expect to see a lot of how can you possibly be? How can you possibly be a feminist or a woman's rights or an activist on the behalf of women? and support some of the aspects of this whole uh, anybody can identify as a woman stance. You know what I mean? If you're really for women's rights, if you're really uh, against in the, the history of the oppression of woman, how can you sit by and allow a man, a transgender female, be elected or be voted in as, say, man of the year or or beat the shit out of some other females in a competition, whether it's sports. Now, see, sports is the one big thing. I don't care what you identify as. I really don't. But when you when it comes to competing at a collegiate level or a high school level or even a grade school level, just to me, that's totally unfair. And I think a lot of people agree with me. But I expect to see a lot of people. This is going to come around and it's going to start slapping women in the face. When all the women CEOs are taken out of their positions and replaced with transgender dick swinging CEOs, they're going to have something to say. And is it still going to be women's rights? Women's rights for a transgender male that's coming to take over your job or coming to take over your uh, title in women's sports, which a lot of states we know are going against that. They're flipping the script and they're, you know, they're saying, you know, no biological males can compete in female sports, which I think is a good thing. I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys remember the name Riley Gaines? Okay, let me refresh your memory a little bit for that. Riley Gaines, uh, she came in second behind Leah Thomas. Uh, was it Leah Thomas or Leah Thompson? Yeah, Leah Thomas, the uh, the the dick-enabled female swimmer. Um, she was at the NCAA like Worlds or something like that. She came in second place. And uh, since then, she's really stepped up and she started becoming an activist for women's rights. Now, to me, that is a really uh, the act of a hero there where she's speaking out. Uh, I think she's been doing a lot of events with the Turning Point USA a crowd speaking out up against um, male athletes competing in women's sports. Well, a couple things that have her in the news this week. First off, she got her ass kicked. Um, she was uh, po she posted a video of a confrontation with protesters. Uh, Riley Gaines said she was assaulted on the campus of San Francisco State University, where she spoke about her views opposing the inclusion of transgender athletes in women's sports, according to the event announcement. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I think we actually we, I think we actually can have a little audio of that. Let's see if this will if this will play through. Former college swimmer Riley Gaines says she was assaulted after giving a speech at San Francisco State University. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? 
Yeah, I've watched this video before, and obviously you can see a bunch of a chaotic scene. Of course, while well, she's speaking out against transgender rights in San Francisco, I mean, come on, what do you think is kind of going to happen? Let me stop this. Transgender athletes and women's sports. Uh, she got kicked in the head and some other things, and I believe she actually opened up a lawsuit against California State Universities um for i guess allowing this to happen on their watch uh so that's one thing that had her in the news this happened a few days ago uh where she get her butt beat uh but then after that she's been getting in a fight with a soccer player world renowned uh megan rapineau uh megan rapineau and a bunch of other um virtue signaling female major or american national cup soccer i guess is that what it is is what's the league that nobody pays attention to um Anyways, world-class athlete soccer players, they signed this letter. They sent it to uh, House lawmakers. Uh, the letter, uh, it was called an athlete ally letter, uh, and it was opposing this act. Uh, let me see. The Rapido tweet gains reacted to read, Today, politicians in D.C. are claiming to protect women's sports by pushing a trans and intersex sports ban. Call your congressional rep today to say women's sports need protection from unequal pay, sexual abuse, and lack of resources, not from trans kids. That was the tweet that Rapinoe made. Uh, and then Riley Gaines fired back, and she says, it's worth noting, number one, you are done playing sports competitively, and two, because you aren't sexually attracted to men, you will never have a daughter to defend. To me, this simply looks like virtual sig virtue signaling because you have nothing to personally lose according to Gaines. So that's starting a whole, uh, a little fire back and forth. Um, and that's also why Riley Gaines is finding herself in San Francisco and getting her head stomped. I mean, okay. Riley Gaines is absolutely white, right. Okay. And I was going to say there has been no transgender soccer, female players, but that is, would be incorrect. Uh, because back in 2021 in Tokyo, well, in Tokyo at the 2020 Olympics, uh, Canada, remember, they won the gold, and one of their midfielders was an openly transgender athlete, which to me, competing in women's sports in the Olympics, and you have a male, a biological male on your team, is definitely an unfair advantage, um, because that Canadian women's soccer team took home the gold, uh, beating out Sweden in the Tokyo 2020 uh, Olympics. But Riley Gaines, she's got some balls on her. Uh, yeah, she's she's politically transgender because she's got some balls on her. She's out there speaking the truth, and she's also catching a lot of flack for it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a big Riley Gaines fan. Um, if she was to come for me to uh, for advice, I'm not too sure if I would say, yeah, go to San Francisco University and talk about uh, let's getting all the trannies out of sports. I don't think that is a brilliant idea, but she's making a name for herself as uh, being a uh, a. a someone that's standing out for women's right, biological women's rights in sports. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof. Okay, why the fire song? Of course, well, Seattle is finding itself in deep trouble. And what's going on in Seattle is the fire department is uh, facing mass staff shortages after a vaccine mandate. Uh, basically, a bunch of firefighters just walked off. They said, no, we're not getting vaccinated. And, we, and, and if that's a requirement for having this job, uh, we choose not to be vaccinated, which I think should be their choice. And they're actually having to shut down 
uh, fire departments in Seattle um, over this because of the shortage with firefighting personnel. The Seattle Fire Department is reportedly still refusing to rehire unvaccinated employees who were fired over the mandates. This despite massive staffing shortages forcing the temporary shutdown of several fire units in the city. Andy Pittman served six and a half years with the Seattle Fire Department before he was relieved of his duties due to his decision not to get vaccinated. Andy, thank you so much for being with us. Explain to us what it means when they talk about these units in the city is that the is that the fire department is that people like the driver who pe the people who drive the trucks what is that what does that mean so browning out units is a term used when there's not enough units to cover the city and so when there's not enough units they have to shut some units down and start shuffling people to other units in the city to make sure that other areas are covered um, so rather than deal, dealing with the staffing shortages, uh, Chief Scoggins is focused on woke terms like brownout. So in a memo from last year, the Seattle Fire Department said there were 110 vacant positions for uniformed fire officials, a staffing shortfall expected to last a year and a half. But, you know, it takes 12 to 18 months to rehire these people. I assume it's for training purposes and things like that. So I, I would beg that it would be taking a little longer um, than what they're saying. Do you agree? Yes, it is. Uh, that's on the positive end of their um, staffing. Right now, they're bringing members into the department and they're not able to pass all of the training. So they're having to let those members go because they can't meet the minimum qualifications and standards. So they're, they're actually falling much behind their projected uh, staffing. How far behind do you think they really are? Uh, well, right now, they only have 39 members actively through recruit school. Uh, they started with 53. They had a target of 80. Uh, currently, there's a... Uh, Pro, about 40 vacancies uh, as of March into April, and uh, it's not looking any better. What do you think is going to happen to the city of Seattle? I mean, these people, the community relies on you guys. Um, I, I highly doubt their uh, homeowner is going to be asking you guys your vaccination status while you're going to put the fire out at their house. So what's the city and the fire department going to do if they just don't have the bodies to cover all of Seattle? Well, the city administration and Chief Scoggins are definitely gambling with the city's lives. Uh, it's, it's been shown before that one to two units out of service can uh, have a pretty significant impact in the growth of a fire. Fires are growing at a much more rapid rate, so we have an even smaller amount of time to make a rapid response and get the fire out and rescue victims. So it's, it's very imperative that they start to play by the rules and act with integrity, which they haven't up to this point. You were on for six and a half years. You refused to get the vaccine for COVID. What are you doing right now? Uh, I own a small construction company where we climb trees and cut them from the top down and uh, do some excavation work. So my final question to you then, if they said that they would rehire you, would you do it? Absolutely. I love that job. There's a lot of my family still works there. Uh, most firefighters do it because their duty to serve, not because uh, we want to go work for, um, you know, it, it's not about the job. It's about the love of the job. Absolutely. And wow. You know, I just let that play like all the way through because it really blows my mind. Andy it really blows so my much. mind. Good luck to you.
you know, what, what is the point? What is the point? The vaccine didn't work. You know, vaccine was supposed to keep you from being able to spread things. We all know how the story goes and it didn't work that way. It was supposed to keep you from getting COVID, which it didn't work that way. Well, at least it made your symptoms, uh, least, uh, horrendous, right? Well, I don't even know if that's true, but what is the point here? So obviously this fire department in Seattle, they're sticking to their guns about if you're not vaccinated, you can't be on the fire department, but they're doing it. They're like taking this political stance over this vaccination and actually putting people's lives at risk. It's just unbelievable that they would stick to their guns over the safety of their constituents um, that they're supposed to be governing and protecting. But that's Seattle for you. That's the woke revolution. That's where common sense just goes out the window. And I'll tell you what, if you can hear this little voice right here, hang on, let me see if he'll say something. What, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, say something. Well, that 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 just goes to show you that my son is up from his nap. And so it's come time to come to a close. But yeah, the whole Seattle situation with the fire department is just ridiculous. What I I, I somebody explained to me what the benefit is of having uh, unvaccinated people removed from service. That obviously if the rest of them are like this guy, they're willing to go back to protect lives. And like the lady in the interview said, you know, if somebody's coming to save your life to cut you out of a car that's on fire, do you really care whether they're vaccinated or not? And my guess is most people would answer that. No, just get me, just save my life. Life's life's put on the chopping block because people want to stick to their uh, protocols and their agenda and their party lines regarding vaccinations in Seattle. Anyways, this is Jake with Radio Underland on vacation, coming to you live from Big Bear, and I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Fucker burn.